The QPR podcast is supported by Ubico, the provider of rental cars by the hour, who are giving away over £2,000 in credit to our listeners. For your chance to win up to £250 in free credit towards away game travel, short journeys across town, or car club use, enter now at west12media.co.uk slash enter. To find out more, visit ubico.co.uk or download their app now. Hello, this is Open All Lars. I'm Paul Finney. We are here today with Mr. Chris writing lots of things down. Are you making notes, Mr. Mendes? Kind of, yeah. I was just, we've got Kevin Gallen on later. I was going to ask him a couple of quiz questions. And that's my just job, isn't it? I suppose to say that. Just trying to take my mind off the game on Friday. Don't talk it. Just hold it. Just hold it. Anyway, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Okay. Yeah, pretty good. You? Did you bring a camera this week? I didn't bring it this week. Uh-huh. Um, uh but you're, you're welcome to use it. No, no, it's not that. I just think that, you know, I, I'm I'm not judging the rest of us, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm sure he didn't bring it. I in brought, case. I brought it to Loftus Road on Friday, and I had it out for like the first five minutes, and then I just put it away for the rest of the game because it was that bad. There's so many ways you can go with that. <laughs> Rahul, thank you for coming at such short notice. Yeah, I'm I do appreciate. Bit, I'm a little bit out of breath, so if you can give me like five minutes, and then I'll start talking <laughs> after then. We'll, we'll, we'll attend you our attack for bit, and we'll give you 20 minutes it's a bit like the QPR team on Friday yeah. uh, no I was going with that one again anyway <laughs> and we've got Emily hello thank you you've done a song for us and it was brilliant and now you're finally on the podcast as a guest thank you so much for accepting thank you for having me and not making me write another bloody QPR song I'm done I've got a whole album at home of QPR songs <laughs> so thanks for just having me as, as me and not me as seeing me so the chances of getting bonus material have gone ah those days are over let's move on let's move on let's get some new heroes to sing about yes Uh, anyway you can get in touch with us via twitter at qpr pod you can go on facebook apparently with Erlo. i don't really use facebook anymore because it's weird but anyway you can go and find us now you can email us and anything i do wrong tonight please don't hesitate but tell david fraser right we were all there friday I'm just going to have my say quickly because as a host you're supposed to be unbiased and you're supposed to get everyone's opinion first. I'm disgusted. Absolutely disgusted and distraught that we can give away a 52-year-old record so pathetically, so without defence, so without actually fighting for that. Because some things in football you fight for. You know, before a game the, the people come in and say these guys haven't won here for 52 years, whatever. Try and keep that going make sure that they don't leave here with three points. This is, this is, this is, this is a major thing for us. Um, I don't care what anyone says. Of course it's a local derby. Whatever they joke about Brentford being a Middlesex, we all hold on that, it's fine. You don't let them come and have a training exercise on your pitch, walk away with the points, and let them load it up like a training exercise. One of their players went on Twitter and said that was a training exercise. I think it was Alan Judge said it was the best training exercise ever. Really? Or, yeah. Is that what you said? Something like that. Oh, I could be wrong, but I don't care. in the fire. And it was horrendous, and I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed that we give that record away so poorly. Right, I've said it, and it was spineless. It was beyond spineless. It was just shocking. And our, our record in London derbies, bar beating Fulham in the way we did, is, is, is appalling. And there's got to be a reason for that. And that means that sometimes the players just aren't up for it. Anyway, follow that, Chris Mendes. It would, you know, it's not just the fact that we lost the record, it's just the way we did it. Um, Brentford were clearly much better than us. Uh, 
it's just embarrassing. Everyone, all of us, must know a Brentford fan. Uh, I remember I was walking away from the ground and there was like a, a Brentford supporter with his son going, oh, I think Top of the Pops was still on when we beat QPR um, last time at Loftus Road. I think like, Dixon got was on not, not even that long ago. It looks like it was like 1964. It's a long time. Jeez, but I'm old. Carry on. It was. It's not just, um, you know, it started pretty badly, but it just didn't get better. The manager didn't, change things up it just didn't seem like he knew what what to do to change the game at all it didn't it just got progressively worse I have a theory in this you know this false number 10 thing to do we play everyone in a false position it's not going to catch on guys <laughs> please stop it Rahul yeah I thought the tactics were wrong um, I mean from my perspective if you're going to play two holding midfielders and neither of them really can pass the ball or pick a pass like Forlin you have to have some way of actually moving the ball up the pitch so if, you, if you're not going to play with midfielders who can pass, then play wingers who are real wingers. And when you're playing Cousins in Washington out of position, they just don't have the capacity to take the ball and drive it up the pitch, play across. We were playing long ball. Silla was totally isolated. So even if he did win the occasional long ball, there was no one to flick it onto. And basically it seemed on every single time we had the ball, we were looking for options. None of the midfielders showed. And basically every, every possession ended with Cocker just playing a little nine iron chip over to to the middle of nowhere and losing the possession immediately. Uh, what chip? Nine, nine, nine iron? Golf term. Yeah. For those who don't play golf. <laughs> it's good though. We keep like going away from Friday onto golf now. It's better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stop trying to get off the subject. Carry on. Back on track. Come on. Golf. <laughs> yeah, just, it just, um, just there was, didn't seem to be a, a vision for how we were going to attack the, attack the opposing team's goal. And it just, I don't know, it got frustrating after a while just seeing the ball get lumped up with no one around the striker and I don't know I just was very uninspired by the performance attacking wise Emily yeah. I've got to ask you because we had, we had a chat beforehand in the pub yeah, we um, did. when you first started watching QPR yeah. was the Lee Cook years yeah. Kevin Galling years Arnie yeah, people, people go back to them years and, and, and say oh you know that was we weren't so good then but there was something different about the QPR team that played Brentford in them days. Than, I mean, both teams are different, I suppose. But what, what would you make of it these days? We were a team then. We were hmm. a nice little team. I don't think we're a team now. I, um, uh, I don't agree with this whole Jimmy thing about uh, playing the whole team around Cherry. I don't think that's working. No. And uh, yeah, I don't. I just don't think that we communicate. There's no one coming on that's like a leader that's like encouraging. Like when we let a goal in, it's just like oh, you know, bloody hell, we've let a goal. we need like someone coming on and being like, right, this is what we, like attack, like a little bit of attack, something like that. We don't have that. Also, we had some cracking songs in those days. Mm. We are seriously limited with songs now. Uh, obviously, Sebastian Polter's got his one. We're safe with Sebastian Polter's only one decent German. Not particularly politically correct but it's all right it won't be too long until we get some kind of Scylla Black medley for Scylla <laughs> anyone who had a heart Alfie maybe the blind date theme for Scylla oh, right. yeah okay. somebody needs to start working on that one poor old Connor Washington what's he got you're a songwriter I think you have no I'm not I'm not paying myself forward but um, he hasn't got anything Cherry's got a classic can't go wrong with a with a bit of Frankie Valley, maybe that's why Jimmy decided to base the whole team around <laughs> him because he's got a good song. So I was talking to a QPR fan after the Bristol City game, I think it was, and he was saying he wants to start a chant for Neda Manua, which is like a, a copy of Exodus Chiefs chant, which kind of just goes, 
Oh, oh, chief. That's it. I'm not sure. How did Ned Emanuel bit... even know that's for him though? That's his nickname. He's got yeah, the Ned I like that one. I didn't give it much justice. I, I, I like him better when he doesn't give the ball to the forward. Who's no, he had a good shot on. He was like the only one. I think, a good miss. I think the thing is, without digging people out, and I'm not going to do that, but I think he's starting to suffer for the fact that the captaincy seems maybe a bit too much for him. Yeah, he's under pressure. I, I, I think that he's, it's, it's affected big time. But I'm think, last year we played Brentford at home. Fallen was going around the pitch. I think we might have had him on the podcast a couple of weeks beforehand because I remember. Anyway, but he was going round the pitch and he was cheering everyone up. And you know, you had Clint Hill involved in the squad. You people had given him like, "Come on, we don't want to losing this lot. Come on, behave yourselves." And they scored Saturday, and we just went straight back to the centre circle and just kicked off like, "Here yeah. we go again." Yeah. And that really, really, really doesn't sit well with me. I mean, the first goal was a disgrace. It shouldn't happen in a Sunday league match. Different man of effect. And they did the same sort of thing five minutes earlier as well. They kind of waltzed through. Once they realised that your man wasn't going to, is how many chances did we give your man up front? I mean, they're, they're number nine or whatever. I mean, time after time after time, he was a wasting chance. And I thought this is going to be like Fulham. We're going to rob this. But unfortunately, they didn't read the script, and they they that was a terrible goal to give away and the second goal yeah it was a good goal but you know what that, that shouldn't happen in a professional match he should have been closed down the bullshit and I just feel that we're, we're kind of we're going into games expecting to lose now whose fault is that it, who who because who, the fans when, when Gladwin came on were really I thought hostile towards him which is unfair he hasn't played enough games to, to be judged the way he's being judged and people need to stop the booing full stop it's ridiculous you, you can be fed up and you can be Unhappy with things, but please don't boo. Yeah, I, anyway, think, so I think the ridiculous amount of money that came into the club when Tony Fernandez took over and, they and spent it did because it just completely changed the way fans looked at the club. Uh, the amount of money that first summer he was spending, we just kind of expected him to. In the, the first time we got into Premier League, and it expected us to stay there for ages. Expectation, expectations shifted. Now people still look at the club as just being one of the richest in the Championship, which they, technically they are, but they're not really spending that money anymore. So. It's like when Gladwin came on, like guy in front of me was like, "Oh God, just taking off one bad player for another bad player," and uh, you can kind of understand why the fans are frustrated because there's, the football we've been playing this season has not been entertaining at all. Leeds um, is good. There's no it? chemistry between the players like there was in 2003-4. Yeah, but also, I mean, if you're playing players in positions where they're not going to succeed, you're not going to have chemistry. So, for instance, Cousins, he's a he's a central midfielder. He played at right wing and right back. Uh, Washington is a striker or a second striker. He played as a left winger. It, it, just so many players are out of position. So, and in Cherry, who knows? I mean, he's playing a number ten, but he's basically playing as a central midfielder where he's yeah. getting his touches. So, I don't know. I just think that if if you want players to succeed, they actually have to be playing in the positions that they're supposed to be playing in. So, that I don't understand why you're put it. Why we continue to put square pegs in, in round holes or whatever the cliche yeah, is. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but Emily mentioned Silla, and I think the Silla. He didn't have a very good game. But the thing about him is, I think he's a guy, kind of guy that feeds off crosses. He's one of them. He'll cause enough mayhem when the cross comes in. And if you've no wingers to supply him, you do wonder what's the point of playing him. Yeah. Similar to Poulter in some ways, because you know Poulter gets a ball, he wins it well, he's strong, he's he's a nu- nuisance. But he needs a finisher with him. And I said this all season, we haven't got a finisher. I'm not sure if Washington's going to make it at QPR or not as a finisher. We'll have to wait and see. But it just felt to me that he, he doesn't, at this stage of the season, which is a, this is what terrifies me, he does not know his best 11. 
Injury-wise yeah. or not, he does not know his best team, and that scares me. And we've only got the small matter of Forrest and Saturday we've never won at. <sighs> I knew uh, it kind of like, just the most deflating moment for me in the game was just when uh, the Perch was just doing kick-ups on the, on the byline. And then I didn't get that. He's kind of almost just set up Brentford's second goal. It's like, oh. What was that? What was he thinking? Yeah. What goes through? I mean, they're well, professional footballers. Bank after the game said that he thought he was fouled there, but I looked at it again. I don't think he was. Yeah, I think there was a handball. I yeah, mean, there was something to do with that. His arm up. And someone oh, else right, got someone cool. else got pushed in the back because I was sitting right around there. But I actually, I know Perch was criticized a lot by fans last year. I think he's actually become a slightly better player this year. But yeah, that that was a bit. I, maybe he was just trying to entertain us. <laughs> he's a better left back. Type type of. <laughs> to me, he seems a bit. I mean, to put Robinson in was brave. Um, and it was a bit unfair I felt in the lab because he hasn't played for so long mm. and he's missed so much to put him in a local derby and under the lights you know reasonably packed row and I just didn't think it was the right game when the young Finnish lad was doing well he, you know he, he doesn't let people settle this is my grief as well we, 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 you, to me to, to be successful at this level even if we are going to finish mid-table which people don't mind that's the other thing I want to talk to you quickly about before we go to Kevin Gallon. some people are saying it's our expectations that are too high but I didn't have any expectations. I just want to go down there and see a team that wants to try and win a football match. And I think at this stage of the season, having won two home games, isn't that great? No, it's not. No. It's and not. Yeah, on, We're okay. bottom West London out of all of them. And it's difficult to see that like, changing throughout the season, the way we're playing at the moment. Uh, Fulham actually hammered Huddersfield at the weekend. Brentford obviously looked much better than us. And they seem to be producing more players as well, young players. Mm. The guy um, who scored their first goal, Clark, I think it, he's, he looked really good at the weekends. He's one of their youth, pro- youth pro- products. So it is, yeah, it's quite concerning. I just wish, I mean, I think the, the issue is we have to make up our mind. Jimmy has to make up, well, not we, we have no input in this, but Jimmy Hasselbank has to make up his mind as to how they're going to play. If they're going to play long balls, then put Cherry around Poulter or Silla, let him try to get the flick-ons. If he wants to play crosses, then play wingers and play crosses to a striker. But basically what I see happening now is we're, we pass around the back just aimlessly. Finally, midfielders show, no one's getting the ball, so then it, it just ends up being a long ball from Smithies or just a little pass to the middle of nowhere. And it's there needs to be an actual plan that they need to commit to. They can't just be deciding how to attack on an ad hoc basis. There really needs to be some kind of tactical approach to attacking the other team's end. I feel sorry for Cherry because uh, he hasn't been playing very well for the last few weeks but he's, there's just so much pressure on him because the team's built around him. Everyone's looking at him for like, inspiration and it might be a good idea just to take him out for like a game or two just to take the pressure off him and That'd be a try something move. different. Emily, what was your just this expectation thing? Me personally, I, I, w- I would have been happy with mid-table but you guys, what was your expectations? Do you think the fans are over... Ambitious in what we think the club can do. I think we're bored. Don't yeah. you? Yeah. He needs yeah. to pick a starting a starting team and stick with it. Jimmy's not doing that, and that's really frustrating. And uh, yeah, it's just I, I as I said, I don't think this thing with Cherry is working. And uh, yeah, I think we're bored. I think we got really really lucky at Fulham, and. Uh, it's just a bit bit pants really I don't I, I worry I don't want to say it, you know when we if we go down but I worry if we go down we don't have that kind of captain person that comes on and is encouraging enough to like pick us back up and like 
clap people and I'd be like, come on, yeah, we'll get this next goal. We don't have that anymore. I don't want to say Joey Barton was very good at it, but Joey Barton was very good at it. He was, come on. Uh-huh. And so, like, we don't, we don't have that person anymore. Clint Hill was very good at it as well. Yeah, Barton was really good at the training ground yeah, fights yeah. as well. He was <laughs> very good at those. Betting, <laughs> po- poking his teammates with cigarettes. He was really good at all those no, things too. No, listen. <laughs> like, red cards. He was really good at getting red cards as well. And get managers to suck. But is that such a bad thing right now? Well, you, you, I don't know. See, there's, before we... All right, this is definitely the last one if we're going to do it to... Um, I need to say Barton as if... Before we go to Kevin Gallon. Um, lots of th- talk about Warnock... Uh, when he came back last season, should he be given a go? He went to Rotherham, won, and he's probably won more games at Rotherham and Cardiff than, than Jimmy's won at QPR. Yeah. Was that a chance missed? Should we have maybe got um, Warnock in for six months and then properly got the, the dream manager? Or does it, not, does it not really matter? Yeah, of course it does. I uh, Have you seen the uh, Sam Allardyce and Wolves are like... Oh, yeah. that could be I, interesting. I, I, I think Big Sam would have been would have been cool. Jeez, you talk about. I'm already talking about getting rid of Jimmy, and I, <laughs> I know. Listen, I know you've got to give people time, and you've got to give people their chance. But what are you doing? He looks great in a suit on the touchline. Yeah, yeah, he does. And also, he? the puck of pie sales would go up a lot at the stadium if we hired him. <laughs> I don't. I mean, Big Sam. I don't think that's realistic. I don't think the the QPR coffers, them coffers, have been well rated, and I don't think. I think Harry's sent that train off the cliff for the financial money. I don't. So I don't think Warnock's the answer. The problem with Warnock is. But uh, would it have been a short term measure to get the right person? No, can't go back. Or, or, he wouldn't no, have been no. what he was. So but, Jimmy was the right choice at that think time. I think. Finney, think about it. Because it, say we have Cardiff and Warnock had taken over QPR. Look at all the mm. play, look at all the players he signed for them. How much money are they on? Uh, you know. Oh no, I'm not. Yeah, and granted. then we'll be back, we'll be back doing a U-turn. This is the same kind of policy. But we, but th- th- there's a real myth out here that we haven't spent money, and people say it a lot. We've spent quite a lot of money over the last two seasons, I think, for a Championship club. Or we're not spending the insanity that we did in the Premier League. But in relative terms, we're still quite a busy club with financial money, and we should, I think, have a better than two goal, two wins at home. We need somebody who works the academies, who brings people up and does things with the academies and the youth team it's still very well to bring all these players in but we're bringing in all these players and not playing them in the right position so you know if if I just think we should well let, let's go and talk to Kevin Gallon alright Kev thanks for um, being our guest tonight and coming on the podcast um, you're, you're a good friend of the podcast and um, uh, yeah what do you what do you, yeah. what, what do you uh, as, uh, talk to me as a QPR fan forget captain player youth team player all them things as a QPR fan where do you think we're going uh, that's a difficult question to start off with um, where are we going well on uh, the performance on uh, on Friday uh, obviously wasn't very good so not not far from keep playing like that but uh, that every team suffers defeats and Especially in a championship, there's a lot. There's a lot more defeat. Uh, there's a lot of defeats, and you win, and then you can win two or three, and you're up near the playoffs, and you could lose two or three, and you're like looking over your shoulder for the like for the relegation battles. I think. I think what concerns most QPR fans is the ma- the manner of the defeats and uh, sort of the way um, the way we played on Friday. Also, you know, it, to to lose to you know a local rival in Brentford who. 
few years ago um weren't really a, a rival 20 years ago but have uh have come up quite well and, and are doing well and now uh sort of a, you know a derby game and um yeah it's a disappointing result uh and i think uh also it's a disappointing uh performance because we didn't really play well and they thoroughly deserved to win the game that's a sad bit about it rahul Hey, Kevin, it's uh, Rahul. Uh, I've heard you a few times on the Magic Sponge. Are, are you always available to just be on podcasts, or you're always waiting for the call? Uh, <laughs> uh, am I always waiting for the call yep. to be on this podcast? <laughs> no, he's talking about yeah, the Magic I'm Sponge. Always... He's talking about the Magic Sponge, not just oh, this one. Oh, the Magic Sponge, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, the Magic Sponge, I will just sort of hang around uh, Hammersmith for uh, a few um a, f- a few days when they're they're filming to see if I can get an invite, and uh, usually on a Monday night, I'm glued to my phone, ready for the call from uh, whoever from uh, QPR podcast to get an invite or to talk. Yeah, you know, but, uh, I can't I can't think of anything else to do with my life. <laughs> but uh, t- tell us, uh, what, what do you think is the, the what formation would you play if you were the manager, and uh, what would be your eleven? What do you think is the best well, eleven on this team? Oh, uh, I, I mean. I don't really know the best eleven off my top of my head. Well, I, I, I could, but I need to be more prepared for this. Uh, Formation-wise, I'm. Um, I, I, I think at home there is the option of um, a playing four-four-two uh, because I think the pitch is so tight that it's very difficult to get that uh, that man in the hole on the ball because the pitch is so the the gaps between the midfield and the strikers is very narrow. Um, Last year when I was working at MK Dons, uh, we played. Uh, they played uh, QPR, and I went to watch. And I was working for uh, MK Dons at the time, and I and I sort of so I spoke to the manager of um, MK Dons after the game, and I said, "You don't need to play that one in the hole against QPR because there's no space for that number ten to get on the ball because the pitch is so tight." And QPR played a. Uh, uh, a very direct style of play that day um, and battered MK Dons. I, I believe that uh, you can play a 4-4-2 at home, but away from home, it could be a you know a 4-3-3. I think the problem is we haven't got the personnel to play 4-4-2. Uh, we have maybe the strikers, but I don't think we've got the out-and-out wingers to deliver balls into the box. I also don't think we've got enough legs in midfield to, uh, to to play that style at the moment, uh, I'm slightly concerned because uh, I like the, the I, don't, I like the look of Silla up front because one thing I've noticed when I've seen him play and I've only seen him play, he's very good at attacking crosses, and he, he nearly scored a goal on Friday from a cross. I think probably the only cross into the box from QPR and it was cleared off the line. He scored a, a header from a cross against Huddersfield, also against. Um, Fulham from across and also against Bristol City so he needs to be regularly serviced from the wings at the moment we're playing a left, a right footer on the left who really is a centre forward who wants to cut in and, and either shoot or you know cuts in on his right foot and uh, he, he can't really use his left foot and go down the wing and, and cross it with his left so I think it's a, it's a difficult question uh, my 1-11 to 11, I think the keeper is um, is doing very well and is probably player of the season at the moment. And for me, he's the only one that in, at the moment who is guaranteed a place because I can't really hand on heart say 
anyone really deserved to be playing regularly at, at this time, at this moment. So uh, it's a difficult question because I know a lot of fans are asking they should be playing two up front. And I agree sometimes, you know, two up front at home should be a possibility because people want to see two strikers on the pitch. They also want to um, see chances and they want to see goals and efforts on goals. And that's what gets uh, bums off seats. And that's what the crowd want to come and get entertained. So there is a case for 4-4-2, but I'm not too sure if we've actually got the personnel for that. So given that you said that it's hard for a number 10 to play in that role, given the, the size of Loftus Road, would you drop Cherry or would you play him on the wing or as a second striker? What what do you think we should do with Cherry? Um, I don't know. That's not an average. I mean, he could, he could play on the on the left because one thing he has got is he's got a great delivery with his left foot. He is, Technically, he's very good with his left foot. He can put a ball in. It's just I don't think um, the manager trusts him defensively uh, playing in that in, in that um, in that role. I mean, uh, to be fair to Connor Washington, I came to the Reading game and he came on, and I thought he was excellent. But the only thing he was excellent at doing was defending, and he's a centre forward. So there's a lot of emphasis on the, those two uh, wide players to do a lot of defending, and I don't think the manager would trust Cherry. So. Again, it's a very difficult... At the, at the start of the season, he was playing very well, but he's tailed off a little bit uh, in the last few uh, few weeks, maybe month or six weeks. So, yeah, it, sort of, uh, it happened with him again last season. He started off very well, then went off the ball and then came good around March to the end of the season. So, hopefully, he can uh, regain his form as quickly as possible. Kevin, I'm I'm trying to take my mind off Friday's game because it was so bad. So I've just come up with yeah. come up with five little quiz questions for you. Okay. Uh, quest- you love a quiz, don't you, Kev? Question one. I love a quiz. Question one. How old Go. How old were you the last time before Friday? Brentford won at QPR. <laughs> <laughs> I was zero. I think I was in the minuses. Yeah, trick question. I was minus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number two. How many league goals did you score for QPR? How many what? League goals did you score for QPR? I haven't got a clue. 90. Okay. According right. to the oh, internet. You've got to read up your Wikipedia page, Kevin. Come on. I know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Make it 900. Three, Pick yourself up. Number three. Um, how many times did you play for England's under-18s? Oh. Oh. I, I, <laughs> do you know what? Under-18s. Um, does that include friendlies? I don't know. 15 maybe I don't know I've got 11 here yeah, maybe I don't know I don't really I don't really take much track keep much track on my football career to be honest question 4 Who, you, this, is an, this is an easy one you'll name de- two teams you played for you'll, you'll, you'll definitely know this one um, who did you score a hat trick against in 2010 uh, oh, Hayden <laughs> Hayden Eden. no Grays oh Oh god, yeah. yeah Last right. one, um, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. <laughs> Jimmy, this one uh, you probably won't know. I don't think any of us will know it. Um, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank um, has now been in charge of QPR for forty-six games, which is the same amount that's in a championship season. What do you think his win ratio is? <laughs> oh, no pressure, Kev. Carry on. Oh god, um, win ratio eighteen percent. Oh, it's um, it's a bit better than that. It's twenty eight point three percent. 
Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, see, well, do I get naught out of five? Brilliant. No, you got the first one right. You, you knew that you yeah. weren't alive when the last time Brentford won I tell you, Friday. I tell well, you that's what, good. that's good. That's good. <laughs> I tell you what, Kev, it's, it's it's good that this is your life isn't around anymore. Neiman Andrews isn't the red book because you would be absolutely gutted and surprised at the same time all these things I about know. yourself. Well, I don't really take much notice of the past, Paul. To be honest. As QPR fans, it's sometimes all we've got to cling on to, fella. Come on. Yeah, well, I know, yeah, yeah, that's right. You should ask me some, like, what, who scored this goal. Or, all right, who was, watching, who, I probably know. who was your first proper QPR hero? Well, do you know what? I'd probably say, um, I'd probably say Terry Fennick, really. All right, okay. You know, he scored the equaliser in the FA Cup final. Uh, that's an early memory for me. And then, but for those few years, promotion and and then playing in the first division, he was captain. He played centre back. He played midfield and scored a lot of free kicks and penalties. He was he was an excellent football player for QPR, as as was another one, Gary Bannister, Simon Stainrod, players like that. Really good team in the eighties. Terry Venables, um, great manager. Would you ever see a, a, a? Will it ever be done again? A QPR manager, next stop goes to Barcelona. I don't think so. Not in our lifetime, but what an amazing achievement. And and, and some QPR fans questioned why he left. I remember that very well. well I was probably one of them, actually. Think, I don't think that... Yeah, I, why did he leave? What an idiot. To go to Barcelona. I know. <laughs> what was he thinking? The other thing is, and this is just a very quick question, and, and, and being a QPR... I mean, it's different for us, lot because we're not ever... I mean, I was a terrible right-back, but... What was it like actually wearing the shirt for real for the first time? For the first time, it was, well, I joined QPR when I was 14 and I uh, I made my debut at Man United. I was probably, it was four years in the making of really trying and working really hard every day in training, trying to impress the manager the managers, the manager of the youth team to to be the best player in the youth team to get into the reserves, which I didn't really play much in the reserves, but really was trying to impress Jerry Francis, who was the manager of scoring a lot of goals in the youth team and then my youth team days was finished, this was in 1994 so we finished in May 1994 I came back to training and all of a sudden I'm now sort of training with the first team where I'm a, not with the youth team anymore, you're training with the first team and the reserves and then I get on the tour, we go to, on tour to Sweden, I start playing, I'm playing all right, I'm playing quite well. And then we come back to pre uh, for pre-season matches, we play Brentford, we go to Bristol Rovers, I play well, I think I scored two against Bristol Rovers in a pre-season game and that's sort of thinking, now I've got a good chance of first game of the season at Man United. So all that work was to get to that sort of stage and to play in the first team and make my debut at Man United and then to run out and you know, with the calibre of players who I looked up to from watching to, from watching six months ago in the stands, but being a, in the youth team, but still watching, going to the games, being a QPR fan. And, you know, I've said this loads of times, Alan McDonald, Clive Wilson, Danny Maddox, David Barsley, Ian Holloway, Les, playing up front with Les. And I was, I was vying for a place to get up because Les was obviously the number one centre forward, but there was also Devon White, Gary Penrice and Bradley Allen. I mean, Devon White wasn't really in competition with me. He was with, it was either Les or Jerry always played a big man with a small man. So my competition was Gary Penrice and Bradley Allen and I had to get in front of them. So I did. 
and it was an amazing experience, which absolutely can't remember hardly a thing about, to be honest. No. Because it just whizzed by. Yeah, I mean, you play at Man United. I do remember bits and pieces, but can I remember the changing room? Not really. Can I, rem- I can remember bits and pieces of the game, but I can't really remember much about it. And that's that's sort of the thing about when you're playing football. It's difficult. These yeah. things just go by so quickly. But this is 22 years ago, so <laughs> my memory's not great. I didn't even know six years ago who I scored a hat-trick against. How am I going to know 22 <laughs> years ago what, what I was doing? But There's been a I lot do of... Remember coming, I do remember coming home and feeling on top of the world and my mates ringing me up. And we go down to Hammersmith. We went to Hammersmith Palais that night. <laughs> there's, there's, there's been a lot yeah. of Guinness under the bridge since then, Kevin, I think. Oh, a few pints here and there. Just a few. <laughs> Kevin, um, you played most of your games for QPR, but you did play for a few other teams. Uh, did you feel differently going, walking onto the pitch to play for QPR than you did when you were playing for all the other clubs? Was, did you have like more butterflies in your stomach, or was it just a different feeling? Well, I have to say, the first I, I left QPR twice. The first time I left, it was a case of I uh, I left. Well, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really didn't fall out with Jerry, but it, I just wasn't playing in the team. And I thought to myself, if I don't get playing soon, I'm just going to be on scrappy because I just I didn't I just wasn't playing. And when you're not playing, you lose your focus. So I thought I have to go and play somewhere. And if I hadn't left then, I would never have came back. But mm. I was just I went to Huddersfield and I tried. I just was needed games and I was determined to play well. I, I the second you... time I the second time I left QPR was a very difficult time for me personally because I didn't want to leave. I was really settled. I, I I thought I had something to offer the club, and it took me it took me a good while. And I had a really I had a decent season at MK Dons. We won the League Two, we won the JPT, but it wasn't the same as QPR. If someone had said to me after two months at MK, "Will you come back to QPR?" I would have ran. I would have ran, but you know it wasn't to be. It was a very difficult time because I did. I still wanted to be at QPR. So as time goes on. And I went to Luton and I really enjoyed I enjoyed my time at MK there's no doubt it was very successful team wise and then we went to Luton and I really enjoyed it Luton reminded me of a little bit of QPR where it was a family club but in a smaller version good atmosphere at the ground good lads up against it it was a, it was a terrible time for them we were, I joined when we had 30 points deducted so it was a tough time but there was a really good camaraderie there Mick Harford was the manager. He was he was great, great manager, great for me. I really enjoyed playing under him. But obviously, it's nothing. That, I mean, I would have, you know, I would have ran back to QPR if anyone would give me any inkling of taking me back. But to be fair, we used to we used to run back. I was, from wait, I was waiting. I was waiting on that phone for three, four years, and it never came. So, you know, one of my regrets is I never said goodbye to the QPR fans. That was the last time I left. You will get a chance, but one thing. I've just got to ask you quickly. Um, you've worked a lot with youth in your time, and um, yeah. a lot of stuff in football these days. You read results don't matter, it, it, but do results matter at youth levels and and under twenty three levels? I mean, in the clubs. Well, I mean, it's a difficult question because um, re- results don't shouldn't matter to the fans really, but. The results should really matter to the players when they go on the pit, when they're when they're playing. Now, if you're getting beaten every week as a football player, 
and, and, and as part of a team and you're losing every week against another team then I always sort of think well that team should that team's obviously got better players than, than us if you keep mm. losing now the, the, the players who are playing should be thinking well I don't want to lose I go on the low wide pitch if I'm a centre half and I'm playing against a centre forward my objective as being that player is he's not going to score and I'm going to win that personal battle with him as a centre forward against a centre half I'd be thinking I'm going to score and I'm going to win that personal battle. Now, if you keep losing five sixes, I don't think that's great because obviously confidence will be down and how can you play your best football if you keep losing all the time? So it's, it's, not, it's not the being an end-all for, for me as a, if you are like looking on the outside as a manager or as a coach, but it is if you're a football player, you should be thinking well, I want to win today. That is, when you cross that white line, you want to win. And another thing, and also, I think winning is a great habit to get into. I really do. When uh, I played in, in the youth team at QPR, we had a, really, a decent youth team, and we won the league, and we won the, the Junior Southern Floodlit Cup, Cup. And, you know, there was three or four of us who actually played in the, in the QPR's first team. I was lucky enough to play a long time, but you know there was Trevor Chalice, um, Chris Plummer played for QPR, uh, Matthew Brazier. Uh, so that's four out of that youth team, which was uh, and, that, and that was at a stage when QPR were in the Championship and, and the Premier League, and they made appearances in that. So for me as a coach, I, I always want to win, and I think good habits come from winning. And you always play your best, your best football when you're in a in a in a confident and uh, frame of mind so it's a difficult question but you know obviously everyone prefers to win don't they Kevin you you mentioned uh, Mick Harford yeah was he the hardest man in football that you've worked with <laughs> well uh, I did speak to Mick I, I, when I first went to Luton and uh, I, I was obviously aware of his reputation and uh, he was um, he actually told me he said Kevin I'm not like I was years ago and I thought thank God for that because <laughs> we could be falling out. Uh, no I, I could be getting into trouble but he uh, obviously his reputation was uh, very very fierce and there's a lot of stories from the players before who, who knew him years ago uh, some of the stuff but he actually said uh, he wasn't that that person anymore and he was actually very calm and, uh, and I was very surprised it wasn't the Mick Harford and I still speak to Mick, Mick to this day of friend of mine and he's actually a very nice bloke. Nice. Hey, uh, Kev, just one question. Uh, it's a little bit ironic coming from an American but an American immigrant to the UK, but do you think that there's any value to having a British spine for a championship team? I know, I know that QPR has recruited a lot of players from, from different countries without that much England experience. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on the composition of the team in terms of nationality and background? Sorry, I didn't get that. Is it, is it better to have a, a more English-based team, did you say? Yeah, I think, team? what do you think about the composition of the team in terms of so many players from, from uh, Poland and different countries who don't have that much experience playing in, in the championship? Well, that's a good question, and, and I've, I've spoke to this with people. Um, sometimes when you buy um, players from abroad, it, takes them, it could take them a season to settle. And when it, with football, it's a business and it's a results business now. The fans, there's no patience in football. The fans want results instantly. 
And I understand that because they pay a lot of money and they want to be entertained. And then the manager might say, the people who buy the place say, well, he needs time to settle in. Well, yeah, okay, but do you have time in, in, in football? And championship football's tough. It comes thick and fast. They have these... Uh, you know, these international breaks and then for three or four weeks there's like five, six, seven, eight games all crammed in and then you have two weeks or two weeks off. So uh it's a difficult one. I, I me personally I would um always go not for British but I'm not saying British but you know, even like uh European players who have played in this country for a few and already settled. It's always a little bit uh, difficult, um, you know, with uh adjusting to a new culture a new league a new football new language when it's a here and now sport so there's always a, always a good shout from scouts is about when you bring a, a a loan in and it's his first loan they always say like the first a player's first never brilliant it's always his second and third and, uh, and that's true as well so me personally would, um, I would rather go for a players that are been in the league for the last two or three years. That's my opinion. Do you think that's why the British players are more expensive, or not necessarily the British players, but like you said, players who've more experience in the Championship tend to be more expensive, and we've seen them go for well, ridiculous fees. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. The the, the the premium on British players is is a lot more, and the premium on centre forwards is, is sky high because every club is after centre forward. I go scouting every every twice and when you speak to scouts the first thing they you say you know because it's centre who you watch centre forward centre forward everyone's watching centre forward I wish I was playing now I wish I was 15 (laughs) years ago I'd be I'd be a lot wealthier I know that that much but um, it is everyone's after centre forward so yeah it's difficult um, but I have to say um, there is some good players in League 1 Brentford have shown that they've done well with their scouting. I mean, that Woods is Ryan Woods is a very good player. Was he the lad from Shrewsbury? Yeah, very good player. Hogan's done really well. I've, I've, on my travels, watched him a few times. He's really impressed me. So there is good players out there in League One. You just got to take the uh, get the right uh, environment for them when they come, and and maybe take that little gamble. Uh, Funny says Zara had been playing for Wrexham. Um, <laughs> Hello, Kevin Gallen. Hello, how are you? I'm good, are you alright? I'm alright. Good, I'm I just right. wanted to yeah. say that uh, thank you so much for being really, really good at QPR and if you ever want to come back and sit in the JU block with me and my friends then you can and uh, that we really liked you at QPR. <laughs> oh, thank I'm you fangirled. very much. I'm so fangirled. And also, did I see you at a Blossoms gig not long ago? I was there, yeah. Oh, yeah, I thought it was you. I, I fangirled there as well. I a bit embarrassing. You didn't say hello to me then, no? No, I didn't. I, I didn't. I just moshed. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, it was, pretty, it was pretty good. Yeah, they're not as good as the Smiths, though, are they? Well, I don't think many bands are better than the Smiths, are they? Come on. No, is it? Exactly. God, there are no fangirls in my profession. Might see you in the white lies. <laughs> Might see you in the white lies. Oh, you're going to see the white lies? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, they're good. I've seen him. And he's been on the podcast. QPR fan. fan. One of them's yeah, a QPR fan. He's a QPR fan, the drummer, yeah. So I'm going to go dash at Shepherd's Bush. Are you blagging oh. it again? I would. Am oh. I what? Are you blagging it again? Paul, I always blag it. <laughs> 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 now, listen, Kev, we're going to have to wrap it up now, but um, 
thanks for coming on. And no doubt we'll see you in the podcast studios soon. But you said you didn't get a chance to say goodbye to QPR fans, but you can now. Goodbye. <laughs> good evening. Good man. Have a good one. Thank you. Cheers, big man. Cheers, Cheers bye. Bye, bye, bye. bye. There you go. Well, that was that was interesting. So Kevin Gallon from that interview has now got a, a seat. He can sit where again? Oh yeah, it comes in the JU block with me. All right, okay. Well, oh, it's fantastic there. We're right near the toilets. If you need a wee at halftime. Excellent. <laughs> the annoying thing about Friday is well, normally I was, I'm sitting in. Uh, early, back to the pressure. No, no, I'm sitting at Ellsley Road, but my brother got a couple of tickets for Friday, so I was sitting in South Africa Road. So not only was it an awful game, but I had a better view of it. I would have preferred to sit in a restricted view seat for that game. I'd have been preferred to sit in top of Wade Soto. I would have liked to have stayed at home and eaten chocolate fingers and watched it at home when I was warm <laughs> and switched over and watched. Danny Dyer and EastEnders there's nothing in the world that's as bad as watching that surely <laughs> but anyway the, 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 the trouble is I fear that people will stay at home people this football is going to empty the stadium whether we like it or not and hopefully Jimmy can change that he, he's he got a great chance and this is where we go into our predictions of going to a ground we've never won at just start playing like Robbie Williams let me entertain you as the players come out on the pitch instead just a bit of a hint. I don't know. If it's like, yeah, or just just say like, "There's a goal. Try and shoot at it." I don't know. I mean, the only shot we had was at 29 minutes on Friday. The first one, and that was kind of a shot come cross kind a, of thing. Still ahead. was the best thing that happened in the no, whole yeah, game. No, no, no. I had a good one. I thought yeah. I made that up. I think. You no, did. you're probably right. I, I, to be yeah. fair, and by the way, thank you to James Collins or, or Barry Collins, sorry for prompting me in 10 minutes which is good with the Stan Balls thing because I was so focused on our back line trying to think of what they were doing I nearly forgot and as a shameful act so thank you Barry for reminding me that was me. the best thing about the match the, wasn't it amazing well done to every Stan QPR Balls fan yeah. I, was, I was desperate for a wee and I couldn't hold it in any longer so I went for a wee around the 38 39th minute and then I was just in the toilet doing what you do and uh, I heard the cheers and as I couldn't work it out I was like the atmosphere's been pretty bad at QPR so it could be a QPR goal because you know it wasn't very loud um, so yeah I did miss the goal which, which reminds me by the way guys if you are t- thank you for we're talking about Stan Balls we're very close to getting the game I hope organised for Stan um, and I'm desperate for every QPR fan to go because you'll need to go to support this to make it work when's it so, looking like it'll be it, 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 I can't say because I don't know Okay. Um, and I'd be lying if I did um, but I would please urge QPR fans to show the club that you are interested in this you will go to this game the, if we get this game on you, you will attend please please back Stan and his family this is not a rich guy who played the game at top level when there was money around this is a normal bloke one of our all time heroes who needs our help so I'm begging you please if we get this game sorted out please turn up support Stan and donate to Stan as much as you can because um, he needs it, and let's face it, he's probably if you if you see a QPR shirt from the seventies, you say Stan Balls, and I say help Stan Balls now. Right, we're going to go to the Forest predictions, and we've tried to avoid it for long enough, but we really have to do it. I'm going to start with you, Emily. What do you think? Uh, well, is that your showgirl impersonation? <laughs> <laughs> um, they had Reading in the weekend, didn't they? Uh, Forest. I think they lost to Reading. If yeah, that's right, they're, they're, then, not, they're not doing very well. Yeah, they're, they're not they're like fourth from bottom. So this is this is this. They're this. not doing very well. <laughs> um, oh god, I, I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say we're going to score two. We're going to win two 0 and I think I'm going to go with half for it. I'm going to think that Cherry is going to score, and I think Silly is going to score, and then we're all going to act out blind date, especially the theme tune. <laughs> It'd be good. We should play that instead da, of. Da, 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 
That's what we need when he comes on. And when he scores, only when he scores. That's a brilliant idea. That's what makes some noise campaign should have done. Don't even talk to me about that. that Don't even talk to me about that. Makes noise. Here's the leaflet. Did you see what Hull did the other week? They printed on their their, 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 um, advertising things. There was the songs. We're that close from doing that. Please (laughs) don't go down that horrible, horrible road. Score goals. Get atmosphere. The still I like the still a black Cilla thing. Black, yeah, I like definitely. that. I, also, I'm really worried about Connor Washington. He needs a song. Can you not? He, is there not an Irish song I we can one. sing to relax him? There, there is. One. We used to have a song in the '82 World Cup. We qualify for when your man gets a ball. <laughs> Connor Washington scores a goal. I don't know something like that. I've got that know. on vinyl. Can we? Your man. That? I've got that song on vinyl. Yeah. Right. I will. I will pass that on to Ian Taylor and Paul Morrissey. And so when Connor Washington scores, they've got to play your man. I don't think they play it on vinyl though. It doesn't. They will. We'll get this done. When, when Connor Washington scores, when your man gets the ball, right? That's it sorted. Prediction. I think. Uh, I think we'll win three-one, and I think we'll get a perfect hat trick. Nurse. Off own goals from Armand Traore. Uh, so I think we'll win three-one. Is he still playing for them? Yeah, he plays for Forest. I know he does, but I don't think he's played. Oh, that's a shame. He's got missing. I might have to change my prediction. Yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think he's got he's got a wall. Surprise, uh, surprise, shock horror. Injury. That's still a blackjack there. <clears throat> <With your> st- <laughs> you said surprise, surprise. Oh right, yeah. of course she did that as well. Uh, yeah, see, it's loads of stuff we could do for Silla. I'm gonna keep you off. I'll get you out of here. <laughs> right. um, when is the last time we beat Fulham away? What? Um, not Philip. <laughs> not in the forest. October. We have a, all right, all right, Chris. You might have n- not picked up the theme of this. We have never won at not in the forest in our history. Ever, 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 even came close. I don't actually. I think they might have realised late against us once. But anyway, we and I was over. Nigel Clough scored that horrible hard track on Sunday. I should be going to uh, a gig that night. Anyway, carry on. I think. Um, I think they're they're rubbish this season. Not in forest. That means nothing. And we're a li- little bit less rubbish. So I think we're going to beat them. Do you know I did. I'll share myself now. I, I was asked on to Brentford podcast last week. I'm not going to go on about it, but I was. And they were doing all this kind of thing. Oh, your man hasn't scored for ages. And then this and that. And I was just sitting there in my head going, I know what that means as a QPR fan. I, I hate the fact that Forrest are so crap. I would prefer it if we were playing Forrest and they were top of the league. I really would because I know that that's the time the QPR will just do everything they're not supposed to do and go there and win and upset the Abbotard. Tart, cart, um, and things like that. I, I, I'm desperate to see us win on Saturday. I really, you know, there's, there's things I, I, I treasure in my life, my, my daughter's birth, but that'll be secondly followed by beating Forest and actually being there to see it after well, all the crap I've watched up there. My R's end, I just wanted to ask you how it went last week, Nando's, at your daughter's birthday. Uh, I, uh, I run away. Carry on. I avoided it like the plague. The, the, the thought of 20-odd 15-year-olds was just too much in the end. So I, 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 I said, you've got an Oyster card. You know how to use it. But she seriously has got to get a job. Lily, seriously, come on. You need a job. And she's, she's actually... The weird thing is, the more that we do badly, the more she's saying, I really want to... You know, I'm, I'm, let's do some more way back this, Dad. I want to get... you know, This is like the old QPR, isn't it? It's like... <laughs> she's, she's, she's sensible. She can see that we're very good away from home and not very good at home. Uh, who knows um, I, my prediction is well didn't Jimmy say that after the game bless him that uh, love, we're better away from home when he doesn't know where that is I love, I love how oh. bless him I think that was a dig by the way but I'm not sure but I, love, I love the way he's like oh you know he it was, it wasn't, wasn't expecting this after the Bristol City game completely like forgetting that there'd been a game after that that we lost away to Sheffield Wednesday but anyway it, <laughs> really? Yeah. oh Jesus it gets bad doesn't it? right I'm going to say 
we're going to Forest and we're going to we're going to absolutely trash on the Nigel Clough memory and I did this when he was stretched off and all the hides we've had and the Paul Hart game and everything else and we're going to go up there like knights and steal from the just, just win <laughs> yeah. just pick it. actually do you know what I will take I don't it. think knights played football yeah. <laughs> Uh, Robin Hood was up there. I don't care. Uh, yeah. Was he? Yeah, 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 he was. You see, yeah. you see where I was going. Go up there and just reclaim respectability. That's what. If you're good knights and you've got you've got something to aim for, go up there like the knights of um, the Rs and claim respectability. Because what we're desperately seeking as a fan, and I'm being serious here, I want a team that I can relate to. I don't relate to this team. I don't think they don't care. I think that's unfair. But I do think they could definitely step up their current ability and actually give it a give, give a shit. That's all I ask. Go there and don't accept someone scoring against you by looking at each other. Go and kick someone. Do something. Show to us that you actually care. That's all I ask. And have a shot before thirty friggin' minutes. Anyway, um, ours end. I've done mine. Have you? Yeah, I just wanted to talk about Nando's. Uh, no, don't, I mean, do a proper one. That was just silly. I've got nothing else. What is it? I've got nothing else to say really. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. All right, I'm okay. Completely deflated after Friday, and uh, I spent all my energy doing the quiz. That went well. <laughs> it was a good quiz. <laughs> it was an extra quiz. Tricky. Even Andrews be turning his grave. Um, yeah, I think um, I wanted to comment on Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's comments after the game that about booing not helping, and I think that it is actually a true statement that booing doesn't really help the team. But and we all know that that's true. But it really kind of doesn't sounds a bit hollow coming from the manager i think it's something we all know but i think the fans don't like the manager telling them not to boo if they feel the product isn't very good on the pitch so i don't know i think uh from from jimmy's perspective i think i agree with him but from a pr perspective i think saying stuff like that is just going to piss off our fan base even more yeah because it's something that we've we haven't talked about which was a bit of an altercation in in uh, Q Block, I think it was on Friday as well. Fans fighting each other. Please oh, yeah. don't do that. No, not cool. It's, it's really bad. I've seen it with it Jimmy. Takes a couple. It didn't look like there was a lot of people fighting. Yeah, but it no, but it, 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 it gets photographs Where was in the it? papers. Um, it was. It, it was. In I think it was. I think it was Q Block. Oh. Was it near Q Block? Q and R was round about there, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh. And it, it went off a wee, but yeah, it was. And it was just. Yeah, it was top of R Block. Yeah, to, uh, I don't like seeing that Rangers. I mean, we, you know, we let's argue, let's debate. But throwing fists at each other ain't going to change anything. And if only the players had that passion, hey, we could maybe be a bit higher in the league. But it's not cool and it's not clever. And please, please respect each other's opinion. And that's coming from me. Uh, so my R's end is that the good ship in Kilburn High Road is the West London we know uh, it well. pub. Yeah, I went there pre and post Bobby Zamora Day. And then I went to the Arctic Monkeys, but that's another story. Um, is struggling and they're planning on closing the good ship down. We no ha- way. Yep, true story. And we had, we, we, I've included myself in the QPR podcast family. Yeah, welcome. You had your live podcast. We did. I sang. I'm proud. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was fantastic. And apparently Neil Warnock went there the first year. Well, second well, year. Yeah. Uh, so what you can do is you go on the Twitter for, <laughs> the Twitter for uh, the good ship or go on my Twitter, Emily underscore Capel. And you can follow a link and you write a letter to save the good ship. We cannot lose any more London venues, especially not QPR pub. John McCook's a lovely fella. And he's the coolest guy and he's a QPR season ticket holder. I think 
Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is, yeah. And uh, we cannot, 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 cannot lose another London venue, especially not a QPR one. And I would say to QPR, in that case, listen to this, and the good ships are by QPR. Why not do a Q- QPR 1976 Q&A at the good ship? You could do it, Mr. QPR. Get down there, Mr. Fernandez, Mr. Taylor, and all them lot. Sort it out. Cannot let a QPR venue shut. No, not right. We can use it as a Stan Bowles benefit night as well. I'm sure John will be well up for that. Yeah, well, okay. He let me put QPR scarves up when I played. And I've played it a few times. Oh, and I did it each time. And they don't let that usually happen. Uh, don't let don't let us lose good shit. Please, 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 please. That's a, that's a good hour's end. My hour's end is, 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 is actually... Um, a QPR fan had a heart attack at the end of the game at White City and um, two QPR fans went to his aid and helped him and that's the QPR I love. That's the QPR we know we are. Not people fighting each other. Um, he's made a recovery now. Yes, and he's doing well apparently. Well done, those guys that helped him. And if you make yourself known on Twitter, I'm happy to buy you a pound at any any point during the season because you are top people I tell you and I don't say that very often but that's the QPR we know and love and we are a special club I don't care what anyone says I know everyone says the clubs are special we have got a special fan base I'm fed up with everyone slagging our fans off we've got great fans we just got to up the pro- well it's not a product just up the football just do something they gave us something to show you love we will love you if you love us this has been the QPR podcast after a 52 year wait for Brentford to win at our ground Let's make sure that we had another 52 years before they gave them three points so easily and see you guys all at Forest. And thank you so much for coming on and this has been Open All Ours. Good night. The QPR podcast is supported by Ubico, the provider of rental cars by the hour who are giving away over £2,000 in credit to our listeners. For your chance to win up to £250 in free credit towards away game travel, short journeys across town or car club use, enter now at west12media.co.uk slash enter. To find out more, visit ubico.co.uk or download their app now. UPR, UPR,